because everybody needs a little dose of mind medicine. If you listen to any of the news coverage regarding COVID-19, it seems that there's two different camps of news reporting. The first is that things just aren't that bad and that we are now turning the corner and that we will get through this. But the second camp is a little bit more doom and gloom, stating that the sky is literally about to fall on us and that our way of life as we've known it has pretty much come to an end. Well, the truth is that the truth is somewhere probably in the middle. Nonetheless, it's still a time of uncertainty and fear and people have lost their jobs or are afraid of losing their job. But nonetheless, we do have a secret recipe that has been tested and proven true throughout history. Just two factors that if you have these two things, you can weather any storm. that self-motivation and encouragement. How else will a blind, mute girl in the late 1800s overcome incredible odds and not only overcome her handicap, but be a major world changer in the process? You know, I think it's sad that high schools really aren't teaching much about the story of Helen Keller because she really was a remarkable woman. So in this podcast, we're not going to cover a medical topic, but I hope that this story of Helen Keller inspires you that despite odds that may be against you at this weird and unprecedented time, that doesn't mean it's the end of you because self-motivation and a little bit of encouragement can win the battle for you. So let's get started on the little story of Helen Keller and her remarkable accomplishments despite her handicaps. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Helen Keller was born on June 27, 1880 in Alabama. Now, she lost both her sight and hearing at just 19 months of age. At around 1882, she contracted an illness that was called brain fever by her family doctor. Now, this produced a high fever and it lasted a couple of days. Now, the true nature of this illness remains a mystery today, although some medical experts believe that it might have been scarlet fever or meningitis. Now, after a few days, the fever did break, but Keller's mother noticed that her daughter didn't show any reaction when their dinner bell was rung or when a hand was waved in front of her face. As Keller grew into childhood, she developed a limited method of communication between her and her childhood friend named Martha, who was a young daughter of the family cook. Now, these two had actually created a type of sign language, and by the time Keller was seven, they had invented more than 60 signs to communicate with each other. Now, also during this time, Keller had also become very wild and unruly and hard to manage. She would kick and scream when angry, and she would giggle uncontrollably when she was happy. She tormented Martha and inflicted raging tantrums on her parents. So many family relatives felt that she should be institutionalized because they thought she was kind of insane. Then in 1887, Anne Sullivan entered the picture. Keller was examined by none other than Alexander Graham Bell, the famous inventor, when she was six years old. As a result, Bell sent her to a 20-year-old teacher named Anne Sullivan. She was from the Perkins Institution for the Blind in Boston, which Alexander Graham Bell's son-in-law actually directed. 
Sullivan went to Keller's home in Alabama and immediately went to work. She began by teaching the six-year-old Keller fingerspelling, starting with the word doll to help Keller understand the gift of a doll that she had brought along, and other words would soon follow. But soon, Keller became frustrated and discouraged, and Keller's frustrations grew, and the tantrums increased. Finally, Sullivan, who was at her wit's end, demanded that she and Keller be isolated from the rest of the family for a time so that Keller could concentrate only on Sullivan's instructions and teaching. They moved to a cottage on the plantation. In a dramatic struggle, Sullivan taught Keller the word water. She helped her make the connection between the object and the letters by taking Keller's out to the water pump and placing Keller's hand under the spout. When Sullivan moved the lever to flush cool water out of Keller's hand, she spelled out the word water on Keller's other hand. Keller understood and repeated the word in Sullivan's hand. She then pounded the ground, demanding to know its letter name. Sullivan followed her, spelling out the word into her hand. Keller moved to another object with Sullivan in tow. By nightfall, she had learned 30 new words. Again, this is just a testimony to self-motivation and having somebody go behind you and encourage you to do it. Within months, Keller had learned to feel objects and associate them with words spelled out by finger signals on her palm. She could do this and she could read sentences also by feeling raised words on cardboard. Again, that was an early form of Braille. During the 1880s through the early 1890s, Keller spent winters at the Perkins Institution learning formal Braille. Then she began a slow process of learning to speak under Sarah Fuller of the Horace Manor School for the Deaf. This was also in Boston. She also learned to lip read by placing her fingers on the lips and the throat of the speaker while the words were simultaneously spelled out for her. At the age of 14, she enrolled in the Wright Humison School for the Deaf in New York City, and at 16, she entered the Cambridge School for Young Ladies in Massachusetts. As her story became known to the general public, Helen Keller began to meet famous and influential people. One of them was the writer Mark Twain, who was very impressed with her skills. She then was granted admission to Radcliffe College in 1900. There, she was accompanied by Sullivan, who sat by her side the entire time and interpreted lectures and texts so that Helen Keller could understand them. Keller graduated cum laude in 1904. Keller worked with her teacher Ann Sullivan for 49 years, from 1887 until Sullivan's death in 1936. Having developed skills never approached by any similarly disabled person, Keller began to write of blindness, a subject that was taboo in women's magazines because there seemed to be this, this theory that blindness was actually caused to venereal diseases. Nonetheless, she gained the favor of several editors and her articles became published in ladies' home journals including McClure's, The Century, and The Atlantic Monthly. On June 1, 1968, Helen Keller died in Easton, Connecticut at the age of 87. Despite being raised both blind and deaf, she overcame incredible odds just by two factors, having self-motivation that she didn't even know that she possessed, but she later wrote about one of her articles, and the encouragement of just one other person that she could do it. 
Despite her limitations, she became an author, a speaker, a lecturer, and a political activist, again, in a time not only when it was difficult for women, but much harder to be blind and deaf and a woman during that time period. So remember, even though times right now can look kind of dark, and they kind of are, just remember that secret recipe of self-motivation and just having just one person, at least one person, come behind you and motivate you and you can overcome incredible odds. We're thankful that you're part of our podcast family. So thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Medicine and we'll see you on another episode of either Mind Medicine or Clinical Pearls. See you next time.